I don't, you guys, you have to understand something about me. <laughs> I do not know. Guys, this is just between us. So come here. Come in close. I generally speaking do not know like if things are common knowledge or like just something I know. Like I feel like occasionally I have said things where people have been like, what? I didn't know that. And I'm like, wait, you didn't? I thought everybody knew that. And conversely, sometimes I'll be like, hey, can I tell you something? And the person will be like, yeah, that's literally on the front page of every newspaper. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. Here I am. Here you are. How's it going? It's go. It's been a week. Motherfucker. It feels like so long since I've spoken to you. I agree. I feel like I feel like it's been a month, but it's been a week. But it's been a week Louis Anderson died. I know. It's been actually just a really sad week. I'm sorry. I know you loved him and we're friends a bit and yeah, I mean, we we didn't really know each other at all. It's just that I was such a big loved fan him. of his, and I I did I loved him. I know, but you had that you had like the you told it on this podcast. I feel like when the podcast first started, yeah, that little that little moment where I would I was just like I guess going on on social media about what a big fan I was of his and how Lincoln and I had really bonded over his character Christine Baskets on the show Baskets over the pandemic, and then someone who was a mutual friend said, "Oh, I'm going to tell him that you know that you said that because he will love that. Like knowing him, he'll love that." And then he uh, made a little video. For, for Lincoln and and me just saying thank you for like loving him. So I was, as I texted you, I was happy that I got that chance to tell him that he was doing something really special and meaningful to us. And, and he always did, to be honest. Like he just was so, he was so funny, but he was so special. Mm-hmm. You know, he just was, um, he was bringing like this, level of humanity and like pathos to comedy that you don't always see in comedy, but that it really makes it like really, really, really the real deal for me. And so that's why I loved him so much, but I'm glad I got to tell him, but I'm so, you know, as I was like saying to my son, like he was, he had probably been going through a lot, like he'd been going through this illness and, and, you know, just trying to take care of himself. And he was still doing so much. He was still doing, you know, he he had just done Search Party, the show that you were on. He had done Baskets. He had done the Coming to America movie. Just a lot of, a lot of stuff. Well, rest in peace, Louis Anderson. We loved you. We loved you. I know. I sent a message to... Casey Rose Wilson, our friend Casey Rose Wilson, because she also wrote in her book about like, she also didn't know him, but had had like a very meaningful moment with him at a party where he sat and talked to her about her mom who had passed away. And uh, I found it very moving what she wrote about. And so I sent her a little message just saying like, you know, thinking about you because I'm sure you're taking this as hard as I am. And then also Meatloaf died 
I did see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A little bit different situation that just, oh, it just, it made me hate the internet that day because like Meatloaf was, didn't believe in vaccines and he died from COVID. And so, um, and I get it. I get it. Like I get the anger and I get the frustration that people are feeling, but I feel like I just turned the internet into like kind of a weird, gross place that I wasn't loving. Well, Eh. it doesn't take much. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. Um, You know, it's, yeah, it's really hard. I I felt like I started off last week and I was talking about how we were going to start, I was starting 2022 over and um, (laughs) the next day and, uh, and then the next day, that was Monday. And then the next day, we got I got to work and found out that one of our crew members had passed away unexpectedly Ugh. over the weekend. And he was a young guy. And the crew... I don't even know. Maybe this is a Hollywood break. I'm just going to... I'll just go into... In case, you know, maybe people listening don't really understand... Don't really know. I think... Um. I certainly didn't have as it's been a thing that I've like sort of learned along the course of my career, but you know, crews in television and film really operate like families and it's, it's real. Honestly, it's like real, like working class, like what you think of as like, like a trade, you know, that gets passed down generationally. Like, you know, my grandfather was, um, was like in the plumbers, was a pipe fitter plumber. Right. And so my, one of my cousins followed in the footsteps and got into the, you know, plumber and pipe fitters Academy. And as a, it's, it's like television and film crew members are the same way. Like if your family works in construction in television, like chances are there's there's like multiple family members. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. And especially in New York, I think because a lot of the TV crew members cross over from theater. Right. And which is also the same deal. So like I'll, I've known people who are like, oh yeah, I'll, I'm a stagehand. All my sons are stagehands. Their mom is a former Rockette and, you know, just on and on. Right. And, and so like, Specifically to like camera departments, grip departments, like these guys and gals um, have worked together, some of them for 20 plus years. A lot of times the crews sort of like stay together because uh, depending on what show it is, like the DP hires the the departments, the department right. heads and the department heads hire the crews, right? So right. for instance... Um, on Cougar Town, our our guys, our camera crew, and I say guys like um, like the royal we, like our like the royal guys, yeah, yeah. Um, because there were definitely men and women um, on the crew, but they had all been together since Scrubs and had worked together. And one of uh, our camera guys uh, toward the end of the. <sighs> 
toward the end of the shoot, um, became kind of became ill with a debilitating like genetic genetic thing where he wouldn't be able to continue on, and uh, like doing that job. And um, right then, his like eighteen year old son showed up, and the camera crew was like training him to take over. Right. You know, like right. That's how this business is. And right. um, John the young man who passed away is one of those families, is from one of those families. Like his uncle's also on our crew. His father uh, works in TV and film as well. And um, most of our camera department like has known him since he was a kid, you know? Yeah. So we did, I didn't know him as well, obviously, obviously, you know, but for the crew, I mean, our script supervisor, Mary, who's just, the most amazing woman, but, you know, she's worked with John Sr. with the dad for over 30 years. Like she remember, like she met John when he was a little, little kid, you know? And so it was, it is a huge loss. Like when you are working on a TV show and a crew member passes away because it is felt so deeply, it's not just somebody that you work with regularly it's like someone that most of the crew members had a deep relationship with right and have known him since he was you know like a teenager basically right it was hard it was really hard and then yeah and then i saw louis anderson died and he was just such an amazing light and then it was a really hard week at work and just long hours and it's just hard. And then we worked late Friday night and then Saturday we had to do our like photo shoot for press for the for show this, yeah, <laughs> for the for second press. season, yeah. <laughs> which is like the last thing that I think any of us wanted to do. Right. And also Friday was just so difficult too because halfway through the day, half of the crew had to disappear to go right to the wake, you know. Um and so yeah, so then we did the photo shoot and then every day that I came home last week, Bertie like was in you know how like Birdie gets um when Birdie becomes fixated on a thing, there's like no mm-hmm. yeah taking their focus off of it. So Birdie, yes. since I loved had such a huge reaction to season three of SCOM, which we talked about last week. Um yes. then Birdie kind of became fixated on showing me the rest of the seasons and my working parents out there, holy shit, you're going to feel me, which is like, I'm like, oh, this time is so brief with my kid where they like, were so excited to <laughs> just hang out with me and be with me. But I was so fucking tired and like my body hurt. And yeah. I just wanted to like take a bath and literally zone out on the internet or something like just or whatever, read an article or just do nothing. And so, but I, I 
I like got, I like, I like did it. I like watched the show every night with them. But one night, actually, I did say, I was like, hey, Bird, you know, I really want to hang out with you and I love this. I am so, so tired. But I love this time that we're spending together, but I like have to sleep. Do you want to just come sit in my bed and wear headphones and watch the show on your own and I'll just pass out? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to watch me sleep? Do you want to just watch me sleep for a minute? And yeah, they actually went for it. Which Great. is amazing. I think that's I think that's so good. I think it's good. I mean, I I know it's so hard, especially when you have a 13, 14 year old, younger kids too, older kids too. I just think it's so good to be honest with your kid about what's going on with you as much as you can yeah. without harming them. You know, I just think it's good to point out to them that you're human and that you're working hard and you're tired and you want to be with them and that there's like a push and pull. I just, I think that's, cause I think a lot of times we, we don't want to burden our kids with what's going on in our, mm-hmm. in our lives. I agree with that. Um, it, but also like, I remember when I was a kid and when my parents were stressed, my imagination ran wild about what was it what it was about mm. what it could possibly be about a lot of times i would think it was something that i had done sure. and that they were like something that i i was doing was stressing them out and so to i've i feel like it's good it's good to like within reason just tell your kid like uh, here's what i <laughs> Here's what I have the bandwidth for right now. I hope you understand. Because there's times when you obviously give your kids 100% your undivided attention. You know, it's just so happens that you have a kind of job that for a few months, that's all you can really, you know, do while you're standing up. And then the yeah. rest of your time you have to lay down, you know? So <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. The photo shoot was good, though, even though I was, like, exhausted and I'm not feeling great about any part of my physicalness in this moment, you know, which is another thing that I feel like I think a lot of people can relate to right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got home and... Like literally, and hung out with Birdie again. Oh, we got into like a we got into like a weird fight about abortion. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, we did because it was you know the forty ninth anniversary of Roe, right? On right. Saturday, who knew that it wasn't going to make it to fifty? Seems fucking crazy, but it's probably Seems not. Crazy. Unless something wild happens. Um, But I don't even know what happened. I was just like at my, I was at the end of my proverbial rope. Yeah. And Birdie was talking about genetic testing. I don't know. Birdie had probably watched some fucking TikTok. I don't know. Right, right. And they were talking about genetic testing and about how it's like ableist 
And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to follow this thread with you because this is like, you don't know anyone's experience and like you can't. So I, so I actually, like, it, <laughs> if I hadn't been so exhausted and at the end of my rope, right. in that moment, I wouldn't have engaged. Also, Bertie is 13. Right. But I just yeah. was like, I couldn't let it just slide. Like, I just was right. like, doesn't change the fact that people have the right to make a decision whether or not to have a pregnancy, period. And like, right. you don't get to, right. you don't, you're not the arbiter of how they make right. that decision. Right, right. Guys, you have yeah, these conversations I mean, with your 13-year-old, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had like, if you had not been at the end of your rope or if you had seen the thing that they had watched that had spurred them to have whatever feeling and it had given you some context or whatever for the conversation, maybe it would have been different. Who knows? But I'm glad you had that conversation because I don't think I would have had a conversation like that with anyone when I was a precocious 13-year-old. I probably just would have written it in my diary. Well, I mean, it's actually interesting to think about, like, truly just uh, the internet is is teenagers' diaries, right? So, like, <laughs> any, right. any take they might have, like, they could come to regret posting that TikTok later in life, you know? You know what? I don't think so. I think that... I I'm not excusing I, like weird racist tweets by the way with that statement. No, yes. I'm, yes. that's not what I'm talking about. Yes. I think that in the future in the year 2000 pe- in the year 2000 <laughs> in the year 3000 um and I see this with my own kids too is that they are just I don't know about like forgiving because I don't think that's the case because I don't see like a, a ton of forgiveness like in general on the internet for past things. But I think that people are better at just moving on from something mm. like, yes, I said this wild shit, but I don't think that anymore. Let's move on. Let's go on. From I think everybody's like... Well, there there just is no capacity to hold every single person accountable for every wild thing that they've put on the internet. And so I think in the future, unless it's like something really, really egregious and someone mm-hmm. has a huge axe to grind against someone and is like digging into their past or whatever, I really think people are just like, yeah, I thought that, but now I think this, like, let's move on. Yeah, well... Yeah, like troll, like uh, trolling actually kind of plays into it. Like every young person, kind of like accepts trolling in a way that I never will, and I never have been able to. What do you but mean? Like, uh, like, do you remember the first time you got trolled online and you were like horrified and probably yes. sick to your stomach, and yes. you were like, "Why would someone do that? Why yes. would like people like my like Lincoln's age are just like." It's mm-hmm. just shit talk. It's not like just move on. Just block that person. Like unaffected by it for the most part, you know, uh, like just accepting of it and unaffected by it in my in my hmm. estimation in a way that I was like, oh my God, I would have been in bed for three days if somebody said something like that to me. And I think they just see it for what it is. Like it's not like... 
I don't want to make a blanket statement yeah. because I'm sure that trolling deeply affects some kids online and we should protect them against that. But I think a lot of kids just see it as like, this is a person who doesn't have a lot of power. They're using words to hurt me, which they can't. And so like, just move on from it. Don't fight back and forth with this person. Just so like trolling, I feel like doesn't have the power over the this next generation the That's way actually, that uh, so, so true remember like about a year ago i guess now or maybe a little bit over a year ago when i talked about birdie being queer non-binary and oh i was the trolls came for me then right yeah. and yeah. i like what remember and i like went into birdie's room and was like hey so i need to talk to you i've it, the podcast came out and Birdie's like, yeah, mom, no kidding. I know the podcast came out, like, obviously. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I just I just want to, like, get ahead of it. Like, just in case you see anything, like, you know, there are some... Tro- Birdie's like, are you... Did you think that there weren't going to be? What are you talking about? Yeah, no kidding. I'm well aware <laughs> of what things, like, people may post or say about it, mom. I'm not... It's not... Right. Yeah. I Like, Birdie was essentially like, I'm not shook. Like, right. it's truly to be expected. Right, right. Well, I re- do you yeah. remember, do you remember a few years ago, there was this like um, social media app called Yik Yak? I do not. Do re- no. Okay, I do remember so, the List app. Remember that? Oh, yes. I, I was on the List app. Same. Was, that, that was, um, that was. BJ Novak. BJ Novak's. That was that was a fun thing. That was like uh, where you could like interact with John Mayer and he would tell you that the list you wrote was funny. That one I feel like was too, it was too dependent on people cr- like creating in-depth content just to have John Mayer say, that was funny. You know? <laughs> like, oh my like, God. <laughs> Lord help us all that that was like a goal. If you were lucky, uh, if you were lucky, that was like what you got from the list app. But Yik Yak was this thing that like overtook my kids' high school in Connecticut. Oh my God, and wait, now I do remember this. Yes. And there was like a New Yorker. That's right. New I remember an article about article, it. Uh-huh. which someone from my son's school wrote, I believe. But so anyway, Yik Yak was that. I guess anyone within a mile or five miles could be on this social media app and they could anonymously say whatever about whoever. Yes, yes. And like... Terrifying. I remember it was like, it was like a wild sensation and like the school was like sending emails about how, I don't know, they're trying to like shut down Yik Yak or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then I asked my kids like, is this like really, is it brutal or whatever? And my older son was like... Somebody wrote on it that, like, I was a girl before and that I'm trans or whatever. And I was like, okay, like, are you upset? And he was like, no. So what if I had been a girl? Like, what? Like, that's not even an insult. Sure. You know, whatever. So, like, I don't care. And then my other son was like, nobody wrote anything about me. (laughs) Are you you disappointed that no one tried to troll you and that, like, nothing? And he was like, I mean, people wrote something about everyone. So it was all just... (laughs) They have a 100%. Wait, I'm sort of, like, just dying at the, like, I mean, listen, I, no one wrote anything about me. I guess that's probably where I would be, too. I would be like, okay, but seriously, no one has a hot take? 
<laughs> I'm not no in the not. burn book. <laughs> no one's trying to make up a lie about me that doesn't really hurt my feelings, even though they thought it would. I don't know. It's so, it's very wild. But social media, man, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Like, I have the most irrational discussions with myself. Well, now, I mean, now that, you know, I'm just in my house, wandering the halls, thinking things about social media. But like, I'm like, weirdly... I'm weirdly conflicted about like my personal Instagram versus the podcast Instagram, which I run, which is like, it's... <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Why are you conflicted? It's so weird. I'm like, oh, weird. Like the podcast has more followers than I do. And is then that true? I'm like, it, it like slightly. Yeah, like, I, I was think that's really true. I was ahead and then the podcast was ahead and I was like, uh -huh. oh, like I was kind of bummed for a second. And then I was like, well, what the fuck do I care? It's both me. Like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? You know, like it's so weird. And then it's very funny because a lot of listeners who engage with me and the podcast, which is so nice and I love it, but a lot of people send things to both accounts. And it's so funny because I'm like, it's both me. Like I've... I feel like I feel like that's clear <laughs> that it's both me. But then I feel then I feel so guilty if I don't like respond back from the podcast account or whatever and I'm like but then I'm like why do I feel guilty about this at all? Why do I, you know, I mean the the Facebook group which is like again like another social media thing which I think is good even though we have our feelings about Facebook. It's so nice to see people just like posting memes or like, oh, this reminded me of something Busy was talking about and this made me laugh. And people like share information about things that we were talking about and like have further discussions. All of that is so, so nice. But like I have so much guilt over like there's just one question when you like join the group like do you agree to adhere to the rules of the group and so many people leave it blank <laughs> and i was like sending messages to people like you have to answer the question like it's one que it's just to make sure like that you're not a bot and that you're not a troll and whatever and then like i this week i just stopped doing it cuz i was like it's just one question i mean like <laughs> like so if they don't answer it they can't be admitted they're not added to the group and I feel and I still do feel like 20% guilty about it but I'm just trying to get over it because I'm like it's just one question it's like you know just answer the one question I think just answer, answer the one the question, question I'm just, Claire I'm just not what's that, what is that from that's from breakfast club whenever anyone oh. says answer the question that's what I always think answer the question Claire I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think you should feel guilty by at all about not reaching back out. And if you're listening to the podcast and that's your issue, maybe just answer the try, question, Claire. Try again and just answer the question, Claire. Um, <laughs> Athletic greens, athletic greens. The greens aren't athletic, you are. <laughs> that was good. That was very like retro. But the greens are athletic, right? Is the thing. Right. Yeah. Right? Because they're like, it's like boosted, boosted yeah. greens. Athletic. They're athletic. They're athletic like you're athletic. Like we're all athletic. We're all athletes. I like the song. I thought it was good. 
<laughs> you guys, this is a product that Casey and I literally, literally use every single day. Athletic Greens. I hit the bottom of my jar this morning and I screamed like you would not believe. But that's the problem. It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. I talk about how great Athletic Greens is around the house and then it gets people into using it. And then next thing you know, my jar is empty and I'm screaming. People in your family are into the benefits. Yeah. The good, better digestion, more energy, the simplicity of having... So many vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Could you imagine if you were taking individual pills for each of the 75 vitamins and minerals? No. I cannot. That's what you do all day. No, and it helps support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, these are all things that we need yeah. help with. I personally hated when I was on this vitamin regimen because it was like 47 pills. Right. And every day I was like, I just don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing it. And yeah. Athletic Greens, AG1, one scoop, you can just do it in water if you're like not feeling like a smoothie vibe that day. and Because it tastes good. It really tastes good. And it smells good too. <laughs> anyway, guys... To make it easy, Athletic Greens has decided that they are going to give you, our listeners, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Next is How to Buy a Home podcast. I love this guy, by the way. I talked to him on the phone. He's adorbs. Wait, Casey, you got to talk to this guy on the phone? Yeah. I'm such a huge fan. (laughs) David Sidoni is the host of the How to Buy a Home podcast. And he is every bit as great in real life as he is uh, on the podcast. And listen, we know that buying your first home can feel like overwhelming and unrealistic and it can be confusing and you can feel like everyone's out to get you. I mean, at least those are just my personal feelings. <laughs> it <laughs> does I... feel that like that way. It feels like it's out of reach and it feels like there's a secret language that yeah. you are not let in on as a consumer. And all you really need is someone to tell you what the secret language is, what it means. That's why the How to Buy a Home podcast can help you start taking the steps towards home ownership because David can help you no matter if you've tried looking for a home or if you've been too overwhelmed to even start. He connects first-time home buyers all over the U.S. with great local realtors uh, so they know they have someone in their corner. And he answers questions like, when's the best time to start? How do I even start? Do I really need to put 20% down? Like, will a mortgage be more than my current monthly rent? And if you're thinking about if it's a possibility for you, thinking about buying a home next month, next year, in five years, I think you should take a listen to the How to Buy a Home podcast today. It's your best bet to avoid being one of those horror stories and you're going to get an insider playbook with clear no BS 
real information. It's a really good podcast. He's been doing real estate for years and the real estate industry has changed a lot over the years. So I think a lot of us tend to listen to like people who have done it before, but the truth is like things have changed and it's well within a lot of people's reach to buy a home if they have the right information. And so that's that's what this guy is all about, is just putting that information into your brains, putting it out there so that everybody knows. He just like, this is what brings him joy. And it's a joy to listen to. Okay, so listen to David Sidoni on How to Buy a Home. That's the name of the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's so weird. I, okay, wait. So on Sunday, so then, wait, so then Saturday night, I got home from that photo shoot. I was exhausted or whatever. And then I saw about Regina King's son Mm. who uh, died um, because he took his own life. And I just was like sobbing for a couple hours in my bed. Um, and cause I hadn't seen, I hadn't been looking at Twitter or anything like all day, you know? Right. Right. <sighs> or the night before, you know, I was just like working and then went to bed and then photo shoot, whatever. Anyway. Um, and I was really devastated, uh, yeah. to find out about that. And, um, fuck, it just felt like, th- I don't know. Last week just felt. Harder, hard. Like, yeah, I just, it was, and then I just don't. Uh, <sighs> well, it, I mean, I, th- I really think it's like kind of what we were talking about, about like people put so much stock in like, this is a new year and it's a fresh start. But really when you think about it, it's arbitrary That's and things, right continue to be difficult Mm -hmm. for people who are having a difficult time and, you know, just, they just have like, so it doesn't matter that it's January and it doesn't matter, you know, if you're suffering from depression or, or suicidal ideation, like no mark on some calendar means that, you know, that things automatically turn around for you if you're struggling financially, if you're having family problems. Nobody's like, you know, you can like maybe start a cleanse on January 1st, but a lot of like real world, real life problems continue on. They're not beholden to a calendar. And so, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on people who are feeling like, you know, it should be like a fresh start. And it's really like, no, it just, it doesn't fucking work that way. No, And I feel, I feel so much for Regina King because I think it was very obvious how, how much she loved her son and how much he loved her. And, um, and it's just really sad. And we've, we've talked about, about this before about how it is just one of those things that we're still struggling to understand like how how it happens and what we can do to to try to 
prevent some instances of it happening, but they loved each other. They seemed to be the light of each other's lives. And, you know, and when you go back and read his most recent social media posts, again, social media, it seemed like he was doing okay. And so, you know, so your, your heart breaks, you know, it just it just breaks over and over again for this thing. Like we talk about so much about how everything's just a moment. And we talked uh, about this with Julia Duffy. I was about thinking about how, Julia Duffy when I when I saw that. Yes, that about Saturday. how mm-hmm. she's still a mom to her son. It's just that their relationship has has taken a different sort of form because of what happened in this one moment when he was struggling with this particular thing that was that was very strong right and, and that and, doesn't define a person right and that he's still an amazing and talented artist and wonderful son and how she still is a mom to him right uh and and how she's really had to wrestle with that and so yeah i was thinking a lot about about that about how it is one moment but it changes so much and then redefines everything for the rest of everything you know it recontextualizes the past and it changes the future and you know i just i really feel for her because I think Regina King is an amazing artist, but she also seems to be like a really amazing person. And she seems like she's a wonderful mom and she just must be in a great deal of pain right now. She is, I think, I know, I know her. And I know that she is all of the things that you said. And yeah, I, yeah. I just have been thinking a lot about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So a really like a really heavy week for, I think a lot of people are just, are just feeling the sadness and, you know, of, of all of these things that are happening. And then, it just felt like a really, it felt like a year. This week felt like a year. I thought the week before felt so long. This week was, is, maybe, is longer. This yeah, week was longer. Somehow, somehow it's beat some, it. <laughs> somehow fucking beat it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what have you been, well, I mean, I guess you've been like passing out exhausted every day have you been doing anything else to like take care of yourself or have you been you've been reading still I know because you've shared things you've been reading with me oh what did I send you I sent you an article oh I sent you that you sent me a few different things. You sent me... There was that medium. Will you explain? What is medium? Will you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> medium is... Um, I think it, it started as like a kind of like a blogging site. And it's kind of like... I actually published something. What? Okay, here's what I'll say. And people that have followed me for a while on social media will know this whole thing. But I once wrote 
a post on Facebook about Mm -hmm. Oprah becoming involved with Weight Watchers Mm -hmm. and how much money she made and how I was happy for her, but I wasn't going to go down that road with her again because I'd been down the I remember this. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it went very viral for a Facebook post because it was like public and people were able to share it and like people who were like doctors shared it. And so it like gave it credibility and it traveled far and wide. And then a lot of people that I knew were like, you should put this in a magazine, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm not sure about that. Like it's already out there, but somebody encouraged me to put it on medium. And so I did. And then it did wind up being published on Vox. I didn't know anyone at Vox at the time, but it was good because I actually got paid for uh, writing it after mm-hmm. it got posted on after it got published on Vox and so I got paid for uh, writing something that went super viral but anyway from what I understand Medium is just kind of like an open blogging platform kind of like Tumblr or kind of like Instagram but the point is that it's like written pieces but now I think that it has like a like a premium subscription. I think some things are only available for people who pay for them. I think mm-hmm. that there's some type of um some type of structure to it where the more people that applaud your piece, you make some money. The more mm-hmm. views it gets, you make some money. Um, I'm not sure how much that money is, but I do know that people publish on it regularly. It seems like it's basically like a newsletter platform at this point. But people can make money on it. They can. I'm not sure how much. I think it probably depends on your your following and or like if something is shared widely. Um, and again, I think there's, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, people out there who use Medium. But I think there's like a subscription model. And then I also think that there's like an attention, an attention model, an attention <laughs> economy, you know, so... An attention model. Well, we know I wouldn't, I would not do well there. <laughs> wait, but explain to me. Wait, so, okay. So, like, the good thing about Medium is, okay, so that's how, that this is how websites, like, all, everything where you read things, Salon, Slate, BuzzFeed, they all have writers that work for them, whether they're staff or freelance. And then how they do things is, like, you pitch an idea, Or you're assigned an idea, you Mm -hmm. write it up, it's published on the platform, you know, and then, and then how they evaluate how their writers are doing is they look at traffic, which we've seen this, uh, like we saw it on uh, Ryan O'Connell's show special, like they tell you, oh, you had the most popular post this past month, you're like our top writer, whatever. So... That's how that works. And that's how it's determined how successful your website is and probably determines whether people continue to work there as writers or not, or whether they, you know, you buy freelance articles from a person or not. But what Medium does is it removes that gatekeeping. Anyone can put anything on Medium. And so that's why you get a lot of quacky, like, if you just eat, like, pig's feet, you know, two times a day, you can lose 80 pounds in four months because that's what I did. You know, like, there's a lot of that, like, health quackery kind of on medium because there is no boss accepting pitches or 
whatever. It's just, you just put whatever you want on there. And right. And like what Kelly Oxford does, that Substack thing is similar, but it's a subscription model, right? It's a subscription. Yeah. So people have to pay to... Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to get it all straight right now. No, I think it's a I think it's a good conversation because it's like changing all the time. And and so a lot of Kelly Oxford does like a Substack thing. There's a bunch of different newsletter platforms. A lot of podcasters have newsletters to give their listeners additional content. That's what you and I discussed. And so we were. <laughs> it's then, gonna happen. But then it's what, gonna happen. But then what? What was the company that? It's Facebook, right? Facebook. That's what everybody is doing their things with. Well, I think a lot of people that we know announced in the same week that they were doing a newsletter and we were like, what the fuck? Um, Why is this happening? And then we realized that it was attached to a Facebook-based platform. And I got to be honest, all those people that we noticed were doing a newsletter like on the same day, on that one day when I was like texting you from Target, like another person announced a newsletter. I've never seen like a second issue from anyone. Oh, really? So I don't... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're there, but just after I don't the even, launch I of it, I literally don't even remember the name of that thing. I don't remember either, but it's some like Facebook tide. But anyway, um, a lot of journalists mm-hmm. who have sort of cultivated a following and have sort of cultivated. Well, I keep (laughs) cultivated has the word cult in it. That's not what I mean necessarily. But in some cases, I guess it applies. A lot of journalists have figured Mm -hmm. out that if they have a pretty big following, they can make a lot more money from a newsletter where people pay to subscribe. Um, They can just make a lot more money every month doing that than they can their old journalism job. And they don't really have anyone to answer to. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I think like I think that makes sense to us. Like we've loved not having anyone to answer to. On the other hand, I think that we are always wary of asking people to subscribe to things because then mm-hmm. we're always talking about how that winnows the pool of who your content is available to. And uh, we have like a certain way that we feel about that. Um, but yeah, if you're trying to like make a living at something, you do have to like subsidize it in some way. So anyway, this is like, a, this is more than a Hollywood break. It's like a media break, kind of just talking about how everything works, you know? Well, listen. Yeah, I read, I got, I read this article on Medium that uh, someone else sent me mm-hmm. and then I sent it to you. Yes. Um, and yeah, that article was like, it was intense. It was intense. Um, yeah. But if you guys haven't seen it, I'm just looking, it's apparently it's like kind of all over. The article. Yes, I mean, I, right? I, yeah. Did it, saw, it's like yeah. sort of like viral. I don't, yes. you guys, you have to understand something about me. <laughs> I do not know. Guys, this is just between us. So come here. Come in close. <laughs> I generally speaking do not know like if things are common knowledge or like just something I know. Like I feel like occasionally I have said things 
not necessarily on this podcast, but maybe on this podcast too, where people have been like, what? I didn't know that. And I'm like, wait, you didn't? I thought everybody knew that. And conversely, sometimes I'll be like, hey, can I tell you something? And the person will be like, yeah, that's literally on the front page of every newspaper. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Anyway, my point being, I don't have a good barometer for what things are trending or not trending or whatever. Right. And as is the case with this article that somebody else sent me, I didn't, I didn't know if it was... Anyway, it's an article that was on Medium, hence the start of this whole conversation. And it was called The Movie Star right. and Me. And, um, and what I sort of really... Think is so well illustrated in this article. It's about, uh, it, I mean, it's true. It's like a woman's experience working on a, a production, um, in which she's like kind of, I mean, not kind of, I mean, she's like preyed upon by the lead actor in the show, um, and it just so perfectly illustrates like the insidiousness of how men get away with what really is abusive behavior, truly, but it's not a sexual assault or, you know what I mean? So it gets kind of like, it it, right. it, it lives, it lives in, in the like amoebic area of, like that causes women to, to you know, it's a mind fuck, right? Like it's, right, it's right. I mean, gaslighting, I know everybody's like, it's such a. <sighs> right. You know what it made me think of, to be honest, it made me think of, and you guys, you guys should definitely read it. And I definitely read all the comments on it. Oh, where you a did? lot of people See, were like, again, I didn't read the comments. <laughs> a lot of the comments were saying like, yes, this was inappropriate. He was older. You were an underling. A lot of the comments were like, it, I'm confused by this because it seems like you wanted a relationship with him and everyone in your life thought was telling you to go for it. And you were an adult woman, not a child. And, you know, so it, those are like the, I think like a more modern take versus like a take that was probably coming from people who are like, our age that have like come from where we came from and like you have, you had agency in this situation, but the, the upshot for me is that it was like just an unprofessional work situation that just shouldn't be happening at work, um, between anyone of any age. Uh, so like right there, it just should have, someone should have put their foot down right there. But as we know, in entertainment and creative fields, like people are pushing boundaries like that at all times and people just don't have boundaries. And this is clearly a behavior that seems like this person has, you know, it's a habit for them, um, to, to just, be saying inappropriate, unprofessional things about the way someone looks and the way they feel about someone 
in a work situation and and it's it's been uh supported but what it made me think of is it made me think back to the Michael Jackson documentary which is like it's a different situation right because these were like fully children it mm-hmm. wasn't a professional situation but it made me it made me think of just the way that when someone's a star Mm-hmm. Like right then you're on shaky ground, you know, because yeah. when uh, someone who is in the limelight is paying attention to you and saying that you're special and they want to spend time with you, it, then your <laughs> your judgment is already clouded, you know, because you it makes you feel special and and but here's what wanna... i want to here's what i want to propose cuz i was talking to another friend of mine about this and they were like this is why i just am so, i get so disgusted with like celebrity culture and why i hate blah 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 about celebrity culture and i'm like yes i'm going to yes and you which is that it's not just celebrities that people enable it's like there are you know, these people are, they're narcissists, right? And anyone who's worked in any office place, in any fucking restaurant, in any place ever gone to school, like those men exist and and they're predatory and the people around them want to be liked by them, want to be shined on by them. Right. And they enable their you know, abuse of right power. Truly. Truly. Well, this is what I was going to say. When the Michael Jackson documentary came out, it was very unique because it also came out at the same time as this Netflix documentary called In Plain Sight. And so oh, yeah. watching, what was the, that? watching the Michael Jackson documentary, people were like, how could you let your child go with this grown man that wanted right. to like have overnight sleepovers, et cetera, et cetera. And so many people were responding, well, it was Michael Jackson and he right. was wealthy and he was powerful and promises were made to the parents and it made the parents feel special. It made the kids feel special, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then this other documentary in plain sight came out at the same time, which was just about a man. Oh, who I remember that joined joined a church <laughs> and got tight with this family, and did the same exact fucking things that Michael Jackson was alleged to have done to children. Groomed, like groomed the the young daughter. The whole, I mean, spoiler alert: the whole, the whole family. family. Right. Oh, that's whole, right. It, oh my God, that documentary like, was, by the way, fucking bonkers. When it was you find wild. out that like I mean, literally every member of the family was in love with him. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> this guy wasn't Michael Jackson. He's just like some like kind of not attractive, bald, right? Ponchy guy yeah. that like that joined a church and like got tight with this family, and soon they were doing everything he asked. I mean, I want to say against their better judgment, but I don't think they had any judgment. But the, but I'm I shouldn't be judging them because I don't know. I wasn't in this situation. But some really, really bad shit went down, and like that family will never be the same just because of like a guy, like a guy with a camper, 
And so he didn't have any. So, uh, you know, where I started out saying like, this is like a celebrity and they smile on you and they make you feel special and it's intoxicating. And you're probably a lot of people are powerless to like use their judgment in a situation like that. I guess sometimes just like regular guys can be intoxicating just by, and yeah, they're, you know, grooming. That's what you said. Like that's, that's a... That's a skill that that predatory it's a, people. It's a term that exists for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Gaslighting, while whilst it may be overused in this past year or so, is real. And as is grooming, and it doesn't have to be a fucking movie star for it to happen. Although in this case, obviously it was. And in this case, you have like, yeah, you want to work in this industry, you're an intern, you like... And also, it is confusing. Listen, it is, co- like, to the, I mean, the comments of, of like, it seems like you were into it. <laughs> you really wanted to have a relationship. But yeah, by the way, it's fucking confusing, speaking from experience, when a narcissist shines their light on you and you, like, are conflicted because you're like, wait, I don't... This isn't what I want. I know like sort of this isn't what I want or this isn't good for me or whatever it is. But at the same time, like this feels really nice. This like attention feels good. And and everybody seems to think this person is, you know, the smartest, the funniest, the most beautiful, like whatever. Um, right. And I'm lucky to be the one that they are shining their light on. So you kind of like get, it's just, uh, it just really messes with you. And I think it's, I think it's like incredibly reductive to say like, well, you clearly wanted to have some sort of relationship with him. It's like, well, there was a lot that led up to that. Um, Right. And I was saying to another friend of mine who also had read the article, so maybe I should have known that it went viral. (laughs) Uh, That, uh, one thing that comes across for me in the article, which is like kind of the same feeling I had in my situation, is that she's like, I'm smarter than this. Like, I, and everybody thought I was smarter than it. You know what I mean? Like, and then all of a sudden you like find yourself trapped and you're like, wait, but now am I smarter than, smarter than what? This is real. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, it can be really complicated. And right. that being said, there was another article that I haven't even gotten to yet about not conflating just like conflict with abuse. Yes. Which yes. is super fucking interesting as well. And something that I'm, I, I am interested in discussing. Yes. Hop water, hop water. Here's the deal. Hop water. <laughs> That's not a good one. Hop water. Hop water. Dry January with hop water. It's hop water, but it's H-O-P-W-T-R. Hop water. Yeah. It's a non-alcoholic sparkling hop water crafted with adaptogens and nootropics. And it's like, honestly, like a good substitute for beer. Here's what I'm going to say. I, you know, enjoy 
a cocktail, enjoy a glass of wine, enjoy an occasional beer. And then sometimes I'm like, I need to take a break from that. Yeah. And so I am always curious about, you know, a new sort of non-alcoholic beverage that replaces and can kind of just do the trick a bit. And I have to say, the blood orange hop water, very enjoyable. Does the trick. I like the lime as well. And uh, I made like a little a tomato juice and lime hop water cocktail, mocktail. Interesting. That was, it was really, really good. It was, you know, just like a little, a little brunch mocktail. Listen, okay, so hop water. I already told you, but it's H-O-P-W-T-R. It's not going to bust up any diets. It's gluten-free, keto-approved, Whole30 friendly, whatever. No alcohol, no calories, no carbs or sugar. Each can has just like, Bursting with a crisp, citrusy taste made from an exclusive brewer-approved blend of hops, which is very cool. We're never, you don't have to choose between having fun, miss, you don't, you know, and or missing out and having a really great beverage that tastes good and is fun to drink. Because sometimes that's what it is. It's like, there's only so much yeah. sparkling water with lime I can do before I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to cut it. This isn't exciting to me. And I was super excited when I got my hop water because it's time yeah. to crack open a cold one with hop water, a non-alcoholic cold one. It's a healthy yeah. way to hops. <laughs> it comes in classic blood orange, mango, and lime. So lots of choices. And right now we have a very special limited time offer just for our cute listeners. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. To get the offer, go to hopwater.com. That's H-O-P-W-T-R.com. And use our promo code BEST to get 20% off plus free shipping. Don't wait. The offer is not going to last long. Go now to hopwtr.com and use promo code BEST. Sakara, Sakara. Sakara life. I feel like all of your jingles have a very retro vibe today, and I'm very here for it. Listen, you know I love Sakara. I've told you about it. I pay for it, guys. It's my like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, they don't, they're not just advertisers. You are a customer. I also am a customer. <laughs> <laughs> because I really am a person who knows for a fact that feeling my best starts with what. I put into my body. And Sakara helps to not just live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but it's really enjoyable because their food is so delicious and it's plant rich meals, functional wellness essentials um, that build a foundation for radiant health. It nourishes your body, whole organic ingredients. Um, and it's kind of for me like the thing that I just go back to again and again because I know that no matter what, it's going to taste delicious and it's going to provide my body with all of the nutrition that it needs. Sakara is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine that's on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And if you're a person like me who occasionally goes through periods of time where your body hurts for, <laughs> for whatever reason... Yes. I just would recommend trying this approach. And also, it's really, it's so easy. That's my problem. Give me a vegetable and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't, what am I going to do that's exciting? 
with Sakara, it's not a problem because no, but it's it just shows up. Yeah, it just shows up and it's already delicious. I don't have to do anything. And it's a really easy way to eat the things that I should be eating that I want to be eating. And it's it's right there for me. It's the work is done. The work is done for you with plant-based ingredients and delicious chef-crafted meals. Get into it. Right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to saqqara.com slash busy or enter code busy at your checkout. That's Saqqara. It's S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Saqqara.com slash busy. Well, I was going to say about like the gaslighting and, and, you know, this is something that I think like it's easy to make a judgment on from the outside, but I'd like to take a poll amongst our listeners. Sure. Amongst our listeners. Who amongst us has never had the experience where you meet someone, you're kind of vibing, and then either you find out or they admit that they are in a relationship. Things are kind of complicated right now because they're in a relationship. And then they say, but it's basically over. We haven't been getting along for months. We, I, I'm just trying to find a way to get out of the relationship. If it is not 100% of us coming back saying, yes, that has happened to me at least one time, but closer to 100 times, I'll, I mean, eat I'll your, eat your hat. I'll eat a piece of liver, which I would hate Ew. more than eating a hat. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that is just a way, that's like a very common way that people test the grooming waters. And like, and maybe sometimes it is true. Maybe someone's in a loveless relationship and it's just about over and you're meeting them. is just like unfortunate timing. But for the most part, I think like 99%. I'm like, I'd already heard that 11 times by the time I was 17. You know what I mean? Like somebody was like, yeah, I just, I have to take her to prom, but we basically aren't really going out anymore. And like, I definitely want to be your boyfriend, but it has to be secret. And, you know, people have been pulling that shit for it. So, I guess, yeah, no, but I also am just thinking about our, the way that we culturally have sort of set up relationship dynamics and like who it works for and how it works for them. And if there's a, if there's a way to sort of reconsider it, you know, like I've often heard like whatever, some joke where it's like, marriage should be like a two-year contract and you renegotiate every two years. I was like, all right, right. everybody right, calm right. down. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe there there is a version of modern relationships moving forward and maybe it is like Birdie's generation and not for us, you know, necessarily yes. to figure it out. I mean, I, you know had one of those annoying conversations with a person my age 
when I, you know, in recent, in the recent past, when I mentioned Birdie's non-binary and they sort of like flippantly were like, ugh, aren't they all now or whatever? Right. You know. And I was like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know my kid is, but I also think it's great. And I'm like really actually super into the idea that my child is allowing themselves to be whoever the fuck they want to be in the moment that they want to be it. So, um, and to take away what has previously felt to many of us, myself very much included, like a constraint. Right, yeah. My gender identity has felt to me at times as like, a fucking constraint and like a dis and I am not, you know, it's, you know, it's, it it is complicated, whatever. It's complicated. It's complicated. And I have like a myriad of feelings about it. Um, but also like, yeah, like I've heard that a couple times, a friend, a mutual friend of ours was telling, me that they were at like a school thing talking about like upper schools in Los Angeles and somebody mentioned this one upper school and some parent was like, oh, all the kids are queer there. Like it was like not, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, not cool, motherfuckers. But also like as if that is a bad thing. Like we should, maybe we should all have the opportunity to like figure out who interests us without any sort of confines of it being, you know, reduced just to like genitals, right? Right. Well, also like someone saying everyone's queer at a school would signal to me that that school is like an incredibly safe and supportive environment beyond probably what the school's doing, probably what the kids are doing, the community that the kids are making that because uh, just statistically statistics exist. Basically the same amount of kids will be queer at any school on average. It's just whether or not they feel comfortable being who they are publicly versus... Yes, but I do also want to say that I have talked to many of my queer friends that are my age, that are our age and our generation, who were like, yeah, I always like felt a thing. I didn't even know what it was or that it was a possibility or that I could have an experience that strayed from the like, quote, like heteronormative thing that I was like, presented with that was my choice you know that was it that was the only thing I could I could choose and so as like these younger you know younger generations have so much more access to information regardless of being in a big city or a metropolitan area where there's maybe more progressive thoughts or you could be exposed or you know what I don't to more progressive ideas and whatever I mean I think I'm hopeful that it's like something that is truly like empowering to people all across the board so that they don't feel as though they have to operate within these these sort of set 
lines. And I think that leads to less abuses of power in romantic relationships. I just do. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, going back to what I was saying about the whole, like, basically, we don't like each other anymore and we're about to break up. So, like, if you and I could, like, pre-get together and, you know, what I feel like a young person, someone Birdie's age would probably just be like, okay, well, when you do break up, get back to me. Or like... Oh, Birdie. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Or like... Or be like, well, okay, well, let me just talk to the other person so that it's not weird because I would never want to hurt their feelings. So let, and then watch the other person to be like, oh, okay, that's a thing that we could do or like furiously backpedal because they were a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, I feel like people today, um, younger people prioritize like healthiness and truth over, over just like, whatever that is, whatever we were, you know, we prioritized maybe my generation prioritized being in a relationship. It was like a lot of mini marriages, you know, oh, um, totally, like going steady and stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that kids just don't live that way today. And that's, that's probably a pretty good thing. And by the way, it'd be impossible. Like every day you see something like a story goes viral of like some guy was, uh, on some other girl's TikTok and his girlfriend that he lives with saw it and she threw his PS5 and TV out the window in another TikTok that went far. Like, it'd be impossible almost to, like, to hide any uh, any type of shenanigans forever. So I think that there's a lot of ways that social media and, like, radical honesty uh, are scary. Um, but also there's a lot of ways maybe it's positive. Right, like maybe- it is. And like the idea of consent and agreeing what you're fucking into and what you're down for. Like, right. if I'm at a, like if you're 16 years old and you like have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, but you guys are like, okay, but like if we're at a party and we're right. drunk and we make out with someone, is that chill? You know what I mean? Like, I right. why right. why can't that be part of the agreement? You know what I right. mean? Like, why does it have to follow such, I don't know, patriarchal like and monogamous lines when you're especially when you're like a teenager and a young right person trying to like figure it all out right and it's still so weird because you know that is um that's a thing that for the most part it's guys that are still trying it today still trying to like have their cake and eat it too and like i just don't think like i i just don't think people are falling for it like they used to i bet they're not i I bet they're not i don't think but i will say i i still do have um women my age girlfriends who are single who are like I met this guy and he says he's like in the process of breaking up with someone and I'm like oh my god girl (laughs) come on (laughs) like he's not no he's not tell him to call you when he when when it's over when it's said and done when it's said and done and that and that you'll you'll be happy to hear from him but Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's fascinating times, but I do want to talk more about, because I saw that thing that you're talking about, about conflict isn't abuse. Right. It isn't always. No, well, of course it's not. Yeah. 
It's just not. I mean, there. I, it just isn't. I don't know how to. I don't know how else. There are like definitely natural interpersonal conflict that's going to happen, right? Can't and them. and then what yeah. is like abusive behavior and what constitutes what abuse is? You know, yeah, a consistent pattern. Well, you know, it. This made me think of Meghan McCain, like how Meghan McCain would say something on The View that was outrageous and, you know, offensive to whoever she's being offensive to. And then her co-host would call her out on it. And then she'd be like, they're bullying me. (laughs) And it's like, no, they're, they're like standing up against what you just said that was like offensive and hurtful to other people. And like, that's the way, that's how it goes. Like, that's how discourse goes. That's how communication goes sometimes. Um, but it's just like, everything isn't necessarily bullying. <laughs> like, well, like, right. Bu- I mean, bullying I, is a very yes. specific thing. Yes. And, um, yeah. And I guess part of the, part of the issue is that it's, it's all sort of, Amorphic. Is this the second time I've used this word in this exact conversation? I don't know. We'll find out. Did I use amoebic for before? But I just mean... Amoebic, yeah. I just mean like amorphic. I think amorphic. Amorphic, right? Isn't that the right word? Or is amorphic about animals? Amorphous? Amorphous? I'm going to look it up. Um, Anamorphic, I think, is about animals. But amorphous means like it's like a a blob. Amorphic is also a word. That has having okay. no defined shape, lacking form. There you it's go. It's also amorphic is a version of amorphous. Okay. I never... It's an adjective. I, <laughs> is it with an F or a PH? PH. Okay, great. I learned a um, new one today. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm, I mean, yes, amorphous or amorphic. Um, because... Bullying can take lots of different shapes and forms and yes. can look several different ways. And um, and so I think that people sometimes start to feel like if they, uh, people, you know, don't like to feel bad, let's just yeah. say. I mean, I don't like right. to feel bad. Let's be real. No, no one does. No. Well... Well, that's Maybe a whole other. That's do. a whole other Maybe conversation. Some that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but so they don't like to feel bad, and ergo, if something starts to make them feel bad, a lot of times they just go straight to like, "Well, that's bullying. You're bullying me." Right. It's like, well, right. I don't know if that's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disagreeing I, with you. I am disagreeing with you, which is not bullying. Um, right. But the the idea of this, like, conflict is not abuse is, is um, I guess this writer, Sarah Shulman, has a new book out, correct? Okay. That's, that's what the, that's what it's called. Okay. Um, and so there have been a couple, conflict is not um, abuse. And, uh, and there are, there was an article in the cut, right? Yeah. Let's say yes. Wait, it was published in 2016. Oh. Why is it it's making back. the rounds again? No. It's just coming back around. Yeah. 
It's always so interesting, isn't it? Yes, how something finds like a second life or whatever uh-huh. because probably someone quote unquote important picked it up somewhere, read it, shared it. Maybe it was the movie star. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I did read a, a very little about it, but I know um, I wanted to look at it more because it was interesting because, well, you see it, you see it a lot. Speaking of online discourse, you see it a lot where like some woman says something outrageous and borderline harmful and hurtful to people. And then uh, people are like, listen, don't fucking say that. And then other people are like, you don't support women. You're trying to sense it. And it's like, well, no, I mean, no, I, I support women. I don't support this woman what she said. Right. You know, so it, it's, it kind of falls along the lines and some people are really fucking good at that, that at like twisting a situation to like position themselves as victim, a victim. Yeah, I guess. And, and, and it's really particularly, I think effective with liberal people because liberal people are so like, Again, painting with a broad brush here, not everyone, but liberal people are more apt to feel guilty and to stop and say, oh, shit, did I bully someone? Am I not supporting women? But, you know, whereas other people would just be like, fuck you, you know, like truly like entrenched liberals will stop and sweat, you know, when someone turns it back on them and says like, you're, you're being a bully or you're being intolerant and you're not supporting women. And it's just like, yeah, I just always am keeping that phrase in mind that I'm not tolerant of intolerance. And it's Mm -hmm. like a really simple mathematical formula. Like I'm not tolerating someone who's being intolerant of other people, whether it's me or not. And So I try to keep that as a golden rule, but it gets really fucking tricky and confusing. It gets tricky and confusing. And also, I was just going to say, I think we're seeing it on a very large scale with uh, the vaccine debate. Yes. um, In which anti-vaxxers are likening getting a vaccine to the Holocaust. Which it is not. And to being an oppressed people. Um, and it's like, you're not oppressed. You can't get nachos at a restaurant that you like. And sit inside. I mean, you could probably just sit outside. Most places, yeah. it's like, most places, it's like you only have to show your proof of vaccine if you want to sit inside. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, th- I think I think about that. It, it's... <laughs> fascinating that they really feel like people are just so quick sometimes to like feel super wronged. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just one of those people. I'm always like, wait, did I do something wrong? You know what I mean? Yeah, Even that's what I'm that, saying. Like, I'm just always like, well, yeah, but what did I do? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm always going yeah. back through my thing, my brain, my thing, guys, my brain. <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, those, these are also generally 
the same people that are like, you know, really supportive of private businesses and their decisions to do whatever. But then when a private business does something that makes them feel victimized, then suddenly it's a problem. Right. You know, and so like a business doesn't have to let you get nachos inside if you don't have a Vax card. That's, you know, that they don't have to. And that is the free market that you love so, so, so much. That is the definition of the free market. You know, it's the same as people get confused about what free speech is all the time. Free speech just means... And I think we've probably talked about this a million times on the podcast. Free speech just means that the government can't punish you for something that you say. Mm -hmm. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that nobody can complain about it. It doesn't mean that people can ban um, ban you. People can ban you from whatever the fuck they want. Their private businesses. Their private businesses. Platforms or their whatever. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, somebody can't start a petition against you. That is also free speech. It doesn't mean that someone can't decide not to buy your comedy album and tell all their friends that you suck and they shouldn't buy it either. It doesn't mean any about any of that. It doesn't mean that someone can't use their free speech to say something about you on their podcast. It, you know, free speech is like, it's such a, fairly simple concept that people remain confused about to this day. But then at that point, I'm like, well, what are you confused about? Is it that you just don't really want to believe what free speech is because that doesn't like line up with what you want? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's free speech is a fairly simple concept that people are generally supportive of until it doesn't go their way. And then, well, isn't that just fucking life? Yes. Yes. We're all, we're all giant hypocrites. It's annoying. (laughs) It's like, well, you and I had like a big conversation about like misinformation on podcasts and about how people are trying to like get big companies to pull podcasts off of their platforms because they're spreading like COVID misinformation, which I'm like, if the podcasts are popular, the businesses are never going to pull the podcast. They know what's happening. Well, it's the same with fucking everything. This is the problem. Right. The society we live in. You know, money rules all, right? So, like, yeah, they're making a ton of fucking money. And so's the idiot that has the podcast that millions of people would rather take their fucking medical advice from than these two idiots that have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, Did you see the thing about... Neil Young is like pulling his music off of Spotify because Spotify is where Joe Rogan's podcast is. And people are like, he's a hero. And like, and he is. And it's so cool that he is taking a stand. But do you think Spotify really gives a shit that Neil Young is taking his music off of their platform? Like, I, do I you mean, want me to, do you, are you asking a question? Do you want me to answer? Yeah. No, I don't think they care. N- no, because like <laughs> I don't think they the care. people that listen to Neil Young are like older than you and me. And so they might not even be on Spotify. Well, they're they might for be... sure not on Spotify. I'm not even on Spotify. I'm too old. Right. Right. And so like that doesn't really make a huge difference 
to Spotify's bottom line and and like it's it do, it won't make a difference to Neil Young's bottom line either because you don't get paid that much for having your music streaming on Spotify. It's it's nice that he's doing that, but I don't think it's really going to make a difference one way or the other. What it does make a difference in is Neil Young can like lay his head down at night and say like, you know, I made a stand and and I pulled my music off of this platform, but I don't really think it's going to make a difference like decades after most of the music was really popular and decades after it's made the majority of its money. I don't really think like a modern streaming company is really going to care that a guy took his me, no matter how classic it is and no matter, you know, what an American hero he is. I just don't think that it's going to matter and everyone's going to forget in one week. is lovely on your body and to smell <laughs> that is, is that good? the most honest and to the point it's i mean it's perfect it says it all yeah yeah it says it all yeah well listen guys we've talked about it before ginger essential oil is our jam we're obsessed that's ginger with two J's in case you are looking it up right now. Um, so it's J-I-N-J-E-R. Correct. Essential oil. Yes. Guys, guys, guys. It's an amazing high quality essential oil with the natural healing properties of ginger root. And we're obsessed with it. And here's the thing. I think essential oils, you know, really have been having a moment. Yeah. But here's what I'm going to say. Not all essential oils are created equal. That is just the fact. It's true. It's true. And ginger essential oil is made with the highest quality ginger. And they have a unique extraction process that helps remove micro impurities. It's all natural, vegan friendly, cruelty free, sustainably sourced. And also ginger essential oil comes pre-mixed with jojoba and evening primrose carrier oils. So you don't have to mix it with anything else and you just put it directly on your skin. And at the little convenient dropper cap means you get the perfect amount every single time. No mess or spills like other (laughs) bottles or like shaking them out. You're shaking shaking them out on you and it's just like gets everywhere. It goes everywhere. I keep it right on my bedside and same. Uh, yeah. And a little goes a long way. If I have like a little ache or pain, it is remarkable how much just a couple of drops make me feel better. And it just smells really nice. I feel more relaxed and, you know, I'm just much happier using it than not. Guys, trust us. You need to start taking the breaks you deserve with ginger essential oil. And right now we're Going to have an amazing deal for you, just for our listeners. 20% off your first purchase. But it's only available at our special URL. So it's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. You don't want to miss out. Again, that's J-I-N-J-E-R with two J's dot U-S slash best. Did you frame bridge my present? <laughs> I haven't yet. I was going to send it to Framebridge and then have them send it to you. Wait, is that a thing that Framebridge can do? 
As far as I know, yes. it's th- That's amazing. They're going to do it for us. They are because FrameBridge is literally the best. It makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving your house. You can make a gallery wall and send the perfect gift like Casey's doing. <laughs> Art prints, diplomas, photos sitting on your phone. Oh, or maybe some watercolors that you're doing. I don't know. Yes. You can frame maybe bridge. Maybe I'm going to frame bridge some watercolors. You can frame bridge almost anything. Even like I have like a a jersey that someone gave me, an athletic jersey uh, that I'm going to get frame bridged. And so, guys, I don't know if you've tried to get some things framed before, but it's expensive. It can be expensive. Yeah. It can be actually hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. I'm yes. not even kidding. I know you're like busy thousands. Calm down. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I once got a quote to get something framed and I laughed out loud. <laughs> I lulled my way out the store and back into my car. Now I know that I would go to framebridge.com or if I live which I do, in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago, you can stop by a Framebridge store and work with a designer in person. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I actually am going to do that because I do have some things that I want to get Framebridged and yeah. I'm going to go into the store. We love Framebridge so much that we've turned it into a verb. We're getting things Framebridged and we're going to Framebridge a lot of things. Yes, we're Framebridging. Anyway, guys... Get started today. Frame your photos. Send someone the perfect gift. Frame like posters, the watercolors that you made. You can even, if you have like a photo on your phone, you can just go to framebridge.com and upload the photo and then they'll... It arrives framed. Yeah, yeah. Or if you have something physical that you want framed, you get online, you say all the details, then they send you packaging to safely mail in the physical thing that you want to have framed. So it works for pretty much everything. Um, Get started today. Frame your photos. Send someone a gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use promo code OURBEST to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com. Promo code our best. Framebridge.com. Promo code our best. Go get your stuff framed. Part of what I think, yeah, is is just truly problematic for everybody. Everyone, self myself included, is just that there is so much information to wade through constantly yes. that it becomes difficult to know what's a valuable conversation and worth paying attention to and what isn't. And like part of it has to do still, we will return, I will return to it again and again and again to the year 2000 and cable news, and, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, and clickbait, like, all of these things, like, it wasn't even clickbait back then, but it's where it started, like, salacious headlines to get people hooked, so that you tune into this network, and, you know, also, I do think the fact that there isn't any regulation in the news, you know, there used to be the, like, 
counterpoint law that was in effect for news, right? What was it called? Reagan got rid of it. The Fairness Doctrine. Um, the Fairness Doctrine. Yeah, applied to broadcast licenses. So it didn't even, it didn't affect cable TV. But basically, a lot of people have said that like the Fairness Doctrine, which ended under Ronald Reagan, was like, what spawned misinformation in the world, um, in our world. So the FCC abolished this thing called the Fairness Doctrine, which required media to present both sides' opinions in the rare event they weren't just reporting straight news. Right. Okay. So it only applied to broadcast, but cable didn't even fucking exist in 1987 when he got rid of it. So like, if you look it up and like on Snopes and whatever, it's like, that's false. Fox News didn't even exist. That's right. fine. That is that is true. That is true. But one could make the argument that it sort of paved the way for more misinformation in media, specifically news media, to, uh, you know, be able to take over because the FCC wasn't holding broadcast news media to this fairness standard. Right. And then we have a lot of media doing like fairness theater where like one side Ooh, will say fairness like, theater. Did you just make that up? I did just make oh, that up. Wow, KS. Wow. Where, you know, the New York Times will write an article and be like, we're fighting to keep the skies blue, but also let's devote equal time to talking to this other faction that says the sky is red. And so we have to consider, is the sky red? And it's like, no, we we actually don't. <laughs> like, the blueness of the sky is not an opinion. So we don't have to, you know, you we hear it as like both sides, both sideserism and, well, we're and being, you know, we're what being about it? We sold it as if it's both sides. But in yeah. actuality, it's bullshit. Yes. And we know it is. And we're, and it's like being given equal time, like equal time to lies. And then, you know, it's just wild. And the FCC doesn't even regulate podcasts, which is why misinformation spreads so wildly. There's no mechanism to crack down on misinformation. All it, so across I get anything, why, like just literally across anything at this point. Yeah. Everything that we get information from, there's no like, regulatory board or anything. And, you know, God bless us, because if one tried to pop up, people would just be screaming free speech. Yeah. And, and saying like, they're, they're trying to control our thoughts. It's, they're being thoughtfully. So it's, I mean, listen, here's how I feel. And like, I feel like this is the, the one, uh, the one, little bite of mushrooms talking the one the one bite of mushrooms that I've taken in my life I feel like it's very black and white when you look at it everything is real housewives you know what I'm saying I worked with the real housewives adjacent to the real housewives for years and it would always make me laugh how many people would get wound the fuck up every week and be like, why can't Nene just be nice to Sheree? Why can't, 
Teresa bury the hatchet with Melissa. And I'd be like, because that would be boring. That wouldn't be the it's real not what housewives. we're doing here, guys. It's not what that we're would doing be like here. The real paint on the wall drying. Like that nobody would watch that. <laughs> nobody would watch that. But people would a new really smart people, scholars would get wound the fuck up every week about what was happening and not see it for what it was. And that is what everything is now. Like all news is really, I mean, all news. What I mean, maybe PBS, maybe world news hour. I don't know. Does that even still exist? Most media is designed to get us wound the fuck up and about everything because that's how you watch and that's how they make money and it is a business at the end of the day. But what you so, just but what's so sort of like infuriating at this point is like we are wound the fuck up to go where? To do what? Yeah. To do what? To what end? To what Barb, fucking as Barb end? Phillips would say. To what end, Elizabeth? To what end? We're wound up and we're we're twisted up and it's just like, yeah, what are we doing with it? We're fighting with each other online. We're uh, busting up our families over vaccines. We're dying on some really, really wild hills. And it's a catch-22, right? Because can you trust the media? Can you trust the government? Not always, not historically. Here's what I can here's what I can trust about the media. It's a business and yes. you can always trust a business to need to make money and the way that they make money is by getting me to watch it as much as possible mm-hmm. and being wound up that feeling is addictive. And it is hard to step away from. And it's why we all enjoy social media. It's why everybody enjoys like piling on a meme. The other day, you know, Aaron Rodgers lost a big football game. And that's all Twitter was all night. And even I understood that, even though I don't know shit about football. And so like, (laughs) you know... (laughs) Like, I could have spent all night coming up with, like, puns about, you know, they were calling him Throw Rogan. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. But, like, we're in this weird place where, like, people are so invested because we've given so much authority to a football player to tell us, you know, to lead us by his example. And his example is, like, I don't believe in vaccines. And so, like, now it's a thing. Like, it's just wild to me. Wait, because is he when still I, engaged to Shailene Woodley? I think so. Yeah. Not that I yeah. think she's not an anti-vaxxer because I don't Who knows? know, I know her that she, personally, but I, know I, that she, but I wouldn't be surprised. To eating, I know she admitted to eating clay one time yeah, on see, the Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. Show. Like, I'm so. not, I wouldn't be... Wouldn't be surprised is all I'm saying. Yeah. But she yeah. is doing shooting a television show on the at the same studio that I'm at. And I oh. do know that they have a vaccine requirement. Oh, the, okay. You know, at the studio. Well, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. It like, is. you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to like out anyone that doesn't want to be outed, but like I know an entire unvaxxed family except for one teen kid. And it's because the teen plays sports and there was a vax requirement. And so, you know, so it's 
Is wild. Some, is it someone I know? No. Oh. I mean, <laughs> no. But um, but it's wild. And then I'm like, I I'm confused because like you feel so strongly that the whole family is not vaccinated, but you don't feel strongly enough to pull your kid out of the sport. Like he, or maybe it was like a choice mm-hmm. that he advocated for really strongly. And so I'm happy that the family is still together, but it's really weird to me that the whole family is terrified of getting vaccinated. So as a whole, they've not gotten vaccinated, but the one kid had to get vaccinated probably to play sports and he's fine but they're all still terrified of getting vaccinated. This has still. to be someone and, famous. No, it's someone not. Okay. famous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But, you know, it's just like, where is the logic there? But then I'm just like, well, I don't know. Like, and how much of this is their fault? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like media literacy is not something that is even like a thing that people learn at all. People don't know about the way advertising works and, you know, they don't know. I mean, I, you just explained to me what you understood about the fairness doctrine and it had been a long time since I read anything about that. And it's like for something that's such a huge part of our lives, the way that it operates is a mystery to most of us. And it's, it's very wild. Oh my God. Yes. Cause it's like, anytime you play a game, anytime you play, you like someone sits down, you get the rules, like you get the rules, you play monopoly, you know what the rules are and you play by the rules and you know what the objective is. But this is like, this is a game that we're all playing in. And I'm not sure that we know what the rules are really. And so, and we certainly, certainly, do not know what the fuck the point is. Right, right. Because if 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 you were to really get down to it, I would think that the point is to be kind to one another, to love and to like, I mean, this is, I feel, this is so fucking cheesy for me to even say these things out loud, right? But like to support others and help them, Right. But that we've been just, that gets just fucking beaten out of you. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Because how how do you support, you know what I mean? Like, it love can only do so much in this world, in the way that it's set up. Love can only do so much. Like, when someone's hungry and you tell them you love them, that's nice but it doesn't really fill their belly, you know? And so we do, I sound like I'm getting like so radicalized, but like we do the way that it's set up, the system is capitalist and it's, it's patriarchal and it's racist. And so when people are trying to like fight against that, even people that are like, powerful in their way people that have some fame and people that have some 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 money but like not all the you know there's only so much that can be done before you start looking at the system and you're like oh this is like this is what's not working and it seems like the point is to crush people that's where I start to get like now I'm a conspiracy theorist because I'm like what is the point beyond that like what is the point of a 70-something-year-old billionaire who doesn't appear to love any of his 
family that I can tell wanting to like capture so much wealth for, for what, for the, you know, maybe 10 to 15 years that you have left. If you're lucky, like what you already have everything. So I don't get what that is. So it kind of seems like the point is to like, it's kind of seems like the point is to crush people. I don't understand what else would be the point. One time, when I worked at Letterman, there was this woman that was uh, one of our... She was like a, a big shot producer on the show. This woman, Jude Brennan. She was so, so smart and so wonderful and so kind of quiet. Like it was actually kind of interesting that she worked on a show like that because she was just not like a big attention-getting like showbiz kind of lady. She was just quiet and serious. She had a good sense of humor and I think everyone really uh, saw how wise she was. And so she's the person that when something professionally kind of happened to you, you would go into her office and she always has, uh, would always have time for you. She'd be smoking at her desk. And uh, because it was back then and windows could open in buildings. And at one point I had a situation and I went and knocked on her door and she had like so little to do with what my what my job was and she made time to always sit and talk with me and I went and knocked on her door and told her what happened I can't even remember exactly what the situation was but I remember what she said to me about it was you know sometimes there's just some people who it's not enough for them to win everybody else also has to really lose oof and I was like, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> I got it. So like, I think you and I are looking for a situation where everyone wins, but I don't think that's what everybody wants. It's depressing. It's depressing on the one hand, but also it's like freeing to kind of know it. And it's kind of freeing to be like, oh, I'm not gonna get wound the fuck up about every single thing that this person is saying, like all of these distracting details. Like, I'm just gonna focus on like <laughs> who they have shown me that they are. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, Yes, Donald Trump said like outrageous things every day and we all took the bait every day and like, you know, just we were wound up for four years and just so consumed by every... And it's still happening. He's still doing it, you know? And, but like the larger picture of like who he is and what he's trying to accomplish, I think I get the idea, but I'm not sure. Like... <gasps> Is he trying to, like, leave a legacy for, like, the Trump family for after he's gone? Is he, like, I don't know what is happening and, like, what that drive for wealth is. I'm just not built that way. I'm not sure, but I can see it. I can see that that's what he's doing. I mean, I could try to tweet through it or I can, like, re just refocus on, like, let me do things that are gonna, like, actually make a difference. Me, like, calling Donald Trump, like an orange Cheeto or whatever for the bazillionth time that anyone's ever <laughs> called him that isn't really going to move the needle. So <laughs> It's not going to move the needle guys. It's not. No. 
So it's kind of freeing to be like, let me put that aside. And I have been, I feel like that's something that I feel about myself is that like, I'm trying to be less of a keyboard warrior because I'm like, what everyone agrees with me. You know, it's like this podcast when we're like, you all agree with what we're saying. Um, You know, so me calling him names or like saying that he's like a diaper baby or whatever. It doesn't do anything. It's not going to do anything. It's not hurting him at all, clearly. So, you know, so I'm trying to be... I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. It's a confusing, confusing... You're trying to not allow yourself to get spun up to go nowhere. Yeah. All dressed up and nowhere to go. Yeah, it's like that Lana Del Rey song. (laughs) It's similar. It's similar. Very similar. But I mean... And so I think, I don't know, what form does that take? I'd love to hear from you guys at home, like what form that takes when you're like, oh, let me stop like just ranting on Facebook and like, what am I doing instead of that? Um, And I'm not always like helping duckies cross the road or whatever in my neighborhood, you know? I'm like, sometimes I'm reading, sometimes I'm doing work. Uh, Sometimes I'm just like sitting outside quietly in nature while that still exists you know um but also trying to you know trying to help people and do things and make choices that might move the needle a little bit for someone but it's hard it's fucking confusing man it is hard and confusing and i i don't know i know we were we should get to what we're doing our best at right but the truth is, is i'm not sure like i can't i can't pick a thing I really can't. You're doing your best at so many things. Because I'm doing my best. I just making it to the end of another day and then going to bed. Yeah. That's how it's going to be for you for when do you when do you wrap shooting? Just in, we only have a couple more weeks. Yeah. That's how it's going to be for you. It's like it's like TV boot camp. You're just going to come home and collapse into bed and fall asleep for two more weeks. But then everything will seem different in two weeks and you'll be sad it's over. Oh, I'm going to be so sad it's over. I mean, <laughs> I know we know this, but it's not just the work, you know, like it's just it's a difficult time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For in my, in micro and macro ways. Yeah, for sure. Right. I think like you're you're working really hard and and I think also like you don't talk much about it and and I get that because there have been a million times when I'm like what am I even doing and then somebody will be like oh well this thing that you make actually like brings joy to people and people look forward to it and so that's what you're doing like when you forget um but then it's just like I think all of us are just kind of like are we like just going to keep repeating this cycle it's weird cuz there's not really like we can't really look forward to anything. Like we can't really, we can't really plan for anything to look forward to. So like it's, I, I'm sure it feels a little bit like a treadmill of like, okay. And then, so this part of work's going to end and then, and then what? We don't know. 
I think, yeah, I think that most, I would be surprised if most people didn't feel a bit destabilized in this moment in time. I think everyone does. And I've heard a lot of people mentioning this, just that like everybody is not okay. Like I think even people that carried the burden of being traumatized by this time for a really long time, I think even people that were really good at keeping it inside, like the cheese is starting to to slip off the cracker a little bit. Is that what they is that, is, is that, that a saying? Is that a thing? The wheels are falling off the bus, you know, a little bit for, for just for everyone. I feel no, like you see it on online. Yeah. I mean, I've, every- I feel like I've seen it via social media where normally people are able to like keep their shit together. You know, at least people who historically speaking, I think, you know, like, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. And I just... I hear more people than ever saying like, I'm not okay right now, you know, which seems out of character for some people who are like always okay and always sunny. And I just think it's a time when we really have to be gentle with ourselves, but also gentle with each other while also not taking any shit from anyone who's trying to like give us shit, but also... If someone's giving us shit, if it's because of something that we should be held accountable for, we should be, we have a lot of, we have a lot of responsibilities as people. A a lot of plates in the air. A lot of plates in the air. A lot of plates in the air, which is, that's never been entertaining for me, by the way. You know, like seeing the spinning plates act. Who wants to spin plates? It's just, it's not, I know it's like a, it used to be like a big thing on a, on a variety show and just, it's very stressful. Stressful. It's too stressful. It's not good. No, it's not good. What are you doing your best at? I, oh, okay. So I want to amend something because I kind of said in like last week or the week before that I was doing my best, like trying to take myself seriously and like make a to-do list. And, you know, so I was doing that and then I was, um... I was getting bummed out because I wasn't completing everything on my to-do list and it didn't seem that complicated, like the things that I was setting out to do every day. So then early this week, I started to still have a to-do list, but then I made a list alongside of it of what I was doing. And so I was like, had my to-do list of like, write this, work on this project, do this. But then I was writing down like, Today, I texted with my friends, Kristen and Ashley, Mm -hmm. for a little while. And I also put in three loads of laundry and I loaded the dishwasher. Wait, this is so valuable because I think that that's, I think that people get really focused on the things they didn't do sometimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like really started writing down literally everything that I was doing. At first, I was kind of like, I think I was doing it to like as like... I don't know. I was checking myself. Like, I'm going to hold myself accountable. And like, if I'm fucking around for four hours, then this is where the proof will be in the pudding. Right. But I wasn't fucking around for four hours just because I wasn't getting to everything on my list. I was still doing things that needed to be done. And yes, including like texting with my friends. Like, sometimes I need to text with my friends and talk about just stuff so that I feel normal, yes. you know? And and so 
it was really helpful to me to like, yes, have that to-do list. And that's like an amazing set of goals and that's all great. But it's also great to keep a running list of what I had done and, you know, like make a salad for lunch. That's great. And so that's an important thing that I did, Um, you know, organized my refrigerator. I finally salad bar fans home salad bar fans. I finally have like what I feel is like a salad bar system. It's not something that I invented, but I'll take a picture of it. I would love to see it. Would love to see it. I'll I'll post it on Instagram, but like I really organized the refrigerator and I'm being like a little bit, I'm being a little bit of like a refrigerator dominatrix in my house right now. And I don't think it's my oldest son, Eli, he gets it and he understands. And Matt is trying to be really understanding and Lincoln hasn't said much about it. But like once I organized the refrigerator, I labeled where everything goes and I felt kind of bad about that. Cause I feel like it's kind of condescending, but also <laughs> when you have three open sour creams in your fridge in three different places, like that's, you know, you need to like get your shit together. Here's what I'm going to say about that. I, <sighs> there is nothing more frustrating than if you have spent a great deal of time putting things in order and then some yes. bitches come along and just mess it all up. Yeah. It's, it's like, like impossible, actually. It like is deeply upsetting to me when that happens. Yeah. Because like you put your heart and soul into it and it's like, I'm sure the person who fucks up your fridge isn't doing it to hurt you, but they're not doing it not to hurt you. Sometimes that happens to me with my clothing. Sometimes I spend my entire Sunday like putting shit away and reorganizing my clothes. Yeah. And then some, at some point during the week, like a, like laundry gets done or whatever. And then I'll come back and I'll be like, where's wait, why is everything, what happened? Who's been in here? (laughs) What's happening? And the answer is, I don't know. It's the same person that steals my cords. Yeah. And by like trying to like help you, someone actually fucked you up. And then that fucks you up because then how do you tell someone that was trying to help you that they fucked everything up and they made it worse? You know? I don't know. This is like, this is what it's like. This is, this conflict is not abuse, you know? It's not abuse. No, it's not. Cut to, I've been like a real refrigerator dominatrix and I'm just like, I haven't had to crack the whip on anyone yet. And Matt has been so thankful. He was like, the labels are so helpful for me. And so don't feel like you're being condescending by labeling where like eggs should go. I love So that's also good. But also, like, I'm just keeping one eye on that refrigerator constantly because I have to be vigilant, you know? Oh, you have to be vigilant. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait, I did hear somebody actually, I think someone shared, was it Dax Shepard on his wildly successful podcast who said that he's a control freak because that's how he feels safe. Um, and uh, I mean, it makes some sense. He got paid a lot of money to say it, (laughs) but it makes some sense that like when we can't control a lot of things, when I can't control anything besides where the sour cream goes, 
then I'm gonna fucking make sure the sour You're gonna cream control is where that. it goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm with so you. Le- that makes sense. So let me, let me, just let me help me, help me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. That's all we're asking for. Just help that's- me, help me. <laughs> and it also hopefully helps you because like nobody needs three sour creams in three different spots, and nobody needs me to be on edge because the sour creams are fucked up. Yeah. Who wants mom yelling no one, like, no one wants what that. the fuck? I just found a third sour cream. No like, one. Nobody wants. No one. Nobody wants that. Well, I got to go because I, Cricket has a birthday party after school and I have to wrap the gift. Um, it's actually not a party. Slash COVID. It's literally just... It's like a gift glory hole. Oh, gross. No, but it's... it's, No, it's just like Cricket's little best friend at school is having... And they're in the same pod at school. And she's just having... She's just having Cricket come over for her birthday. Oh, so it's it's important. Wait, can... Make Cricket wrap that gift. She'll do something amazing. Nope. There's no time. Because it's... (laughs) No, because I because it's the it's direct. It's like a play date directly after school. Gotcha. And I didn't have time to do it yesterday because I was gotcha. at work. And gotcha. It and it didn't happen on Sunday. Yeah. So no, she just... would have loved to. She actually made part of the gift. So it's, that's cute. Aww. She made this little. Clay. She's doing like a lot of sculpting with clay, and she did this little Aww. made this little cute little frog. Cute. We baked That's it in so the oven and cute. everything. Mm-hmm. Really cute. That's so, so cute. So, yes. Um, so, I have to so that's, do that. And then... That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys, we love you so much. You're the greatest. If this... Uh, this week wasn't the reset you were hoping for. Join the fucking club. And I guess the realization that we've had is just that maybe we don't, we just don't get a reset, guys. We just have to keep going. Yeah. Just like, or we get a reset every day. And, you know, and so stop worrying that your whole year is shot because it was a shitty week or a exactly. shitty entire month. That or a shitty like, few years. You know, yeah. You can always turn around. <laughs> you can hit pause and hit play at any time. At any fucking time. And we're going to even, continue to just doing yeah. that. Continue to just doing that. That's not even a sentence. <laughs> we will continue to do just that. Wow. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Guys, I love you. I have to pee. Goodbye. Oh, no.